This is the Canadian Taxpayers Podcast. We're dedicated to lower taxes, less waste, and more accountable government. This is a special election edition of our podcast. I'm Chris Sims. I'm the BC Director of the CTF. My friend and colleague, Franco Terrazano, he's our Federal Director. He's holding down the fort for us in Ottawa. Now, before we get to each party platform when it comes to taxes, because this is going to be our deep dive today, let's take a step back and set the stage. So Franco, as of right now, how much taxes do the average Canadian pay and has that bill increased or decreased over the years? Well, you know, even during the pandemic, COVID-19, the average Canadian family paid more than $35,000 in taxes or 36% of their budget. Now, that's based on a recent Fraser Institute report that was put out. Now, for a little bit of context, that's more paid in taxes than what the average family pays in food, housing, and clothing combined. And that tax bill has uh, more than doubled over the decade since 1961. So, so bringing that tax level down just to 1961 levels, even adjusted for inflation, I mean, that would save an average family over $20,000 every single year. Now think about all aspects of your life, right? Including daycare, which is a hot button issue and groceries. Well, uh, life would be a whole lot more affordable for families if we had an extra $20,000 in our budgets to spend every year. Just think 20 grand. And like when it comes to things like housing, imagine being able to save that money for a down payment or being able to afford that much nicer for placing your rent with 20 grand if the tax burden were the same as it was back in 1961. So now that is for all taxes. Keep in mind, that's for all taxes. So municipal, provincial and federal that we paid all levels of government. But it really does underscore the point that if politicians want to open their mouths during elections and talk about things as important as affordability, they need to lower taxes. Politicians can go ahead and try to sell us on their shiny new government plan to bring about prosperity and affordability all they want. But at the end of the day, they need to reduce our cost of living that they can affect, which is taxes. So Franco, let's really dive into it here, what each party is doing so our listeners and our viewers know what's happening during the election. Let's start with the Conservatives. What are they doing on taxes? Uh, the Conservatives are a, a bit of a mixed bag, uh, but let's start with the good. So the Conservatives have explicitly rejected a home equity tax. And 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 right now, uh, Canadians are not taxed on the proceeds when we sell our home. So Canadians rely on that little nest egg, right? We rely on the sale of our home, uh, whether that's to fund our golden years or whether that's to move up to our next home, to our family home from that starter home. Now, here's exactly what the Conservative platform said, quote, Canada's Conservatives will never tax Canadians' capital gains on the sale of their principal residence, something many within the Liberal Party are threatening to do, unquote. So, so that's a good statement right there. That's pretty strong. They're explicitly rejecting a home equity tax, and that's a good thing. Um, another good thing that the Conservatives are promising to do is to repeal that escalator tax on booze that was first passed in the 2017 budget. So every year taxes on alcohol increases uh, with the rate of inflation. And you know we have to remember that taxes already account for about half the price of beer, uh, about 65% of the price of wine, and more than three quarters of the price of spirit. So Simmer, I say let's, uh, let's uh, cheers to that because that's <laughs> a much needed tax relief. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and interestingly, 
The escalator tax is really unfair on top of that because that allows politicians to duck accountability when it comes to raising it. So they can sit there and say, oh, don't look at me. It was automatic. It was an automatic tax hike, the same that they're doing with their pay raises. So if they had to actually walk into the House of Commons, argue about it and vote out loud with their faces as to whether or not they should be raising taxes on us, we would then be able to hold them to account. But because this is automatic and it's an escalator tax, we're powerless in that case. So that's got to stop. So we think, obviously, the politicians need to be working on reducing taxes. But at the very least, if politicians think Canadians aren't paying enough taxes, they should then have to be forced to go into the House of Commons and vote for it. We need to be able to hold them to account. Okay, so we've gone over some of the basics that the Conservatives so far are doing right, they promise, in their platform. What are some of the downsides of the Conservative platform when it comes to taxes? Well, first, of course, we got to start with the carbon tax. Now, I know all of our listeners are going to remember, but when uh, conservative leadership race was on, Aaron O'Toole, he promised to fight carbon taxes. I mean, he even signed our Canadian Taxpayers Federation pledge. Here's what it said. It's black and white. Quote, I, Aaron O'Toole, promise that if elected prime minister of Canada, I will immediately repeal the Trudeau carbon tax and reject any future national carbon tax or cap and trade scheme. And quote, now O'Toole is going to hammer families with a carbon tax of his own. Um, and for our listeners out there, you know, we did just record another election episode of the podcast, breaking down exactly what O'Toole's and Trudeau's carbon tax are going to mean for families. Uh, so make sure to give that one a listen. Yeah, for sure. Check that episode out on the carbon tax. We go all the way into it. Like we literally tell you how much it's going to cost you to fill up your minivan or your pickup truck, both under O'Toole and under Trudeau into the future. So check that one out. Now, speaking of taxes, there are a few other taxes worth mentioning here when it comes to the conservative platform. The conservatives are going ahead with something that most people call a digital services tax. Uh, some folks call it a streaming tax. I would just call it a Netflix tax because that's how it reads to me. And I'm old enough to remember the 2015 election back when then Prime Minister Stephen Harper warned that Justin Trudeau would impose a Netflix tax on Canada. And everybody laughed. <laughs> My, how things change. And Franco, don't forget, uh, O'Toole is also reimposing that tariff. And that's basically a big import tax for people who don't know what tariffs are. He's imposing that tariff again on personal protective equipment. So stuff like masks and gloves and gowns. The CTF, we were the ones that originally blew the whistle on that in the early days of COVID-19, back when people didn't know what this thing was, it was coming for us. We barely had any masks to go around in Canada. The federal government, after we called them out on it, they immediately axed that tariff. They got rid of that tariff right away, and it made it easier for communities to stay safe during the pandemic. Yeah, Simmer, I mean, it's really unfortunate. It, it, it really is unfortunate that the Conservative Party platform pledges to reinstate the tariff on imported PPE. And, and of course, you're right. I mean, it was the CTF that blew the whistle on this tariff during COVID-19 and got it repealed. Um, just for a little bit of background, you know, we started investigating that tariff after Stuart Young, uh, the mayor of Langford, British Columbia. I mean, he pr provided documents showing that the tariff would increase the cost of acquiring 250 thousand masks um, by nearly $57,000, right? And here's what uh, Mary Young had to say about the tariff, quote, 
the federal and provincial government should not be profiting via tariffs and taxes on essential items required in the fight against COVID-19. End quote. I mean, very strong words, and, and, and rightfully so. I mean, that PPE tariff would have meant that Young would have paid tens of thousands of dollars just to keep his community safe. Now, something that we have to address, Simmer, is that the Conservatives are saying that the tariff will help build Canada's PPE manufacturing, right? They're saying that they have to put a tariff in to grow that industry. But, you know, I don't think that passes the sniff test. Um, We should be able to build manufacturing, I mean, really all industries in Canada, without taxing Canadians and forcing communities to pay tens of thousands of dollars just to keep their people safe. You know what I say, Simmer? You want to improve manufacturing? Okay, fantastic. Then we should be cutting red tape and lowering taxes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not like there isn't a market for that either. Lots of people will choose to buy made in Canada or made in the United States if you're American. Just go for it. Get out of the way and allow this to happen. Don't layer on more tariffs and more taxes. So again, speaking of lowering taxes, is there anywhere in the conservative platform that actually mentions lowering taxes? Well, the Conservatives are going to put in a GST holiday for the month of December, which means that you won't have to pay the federal sales tax when you're buying your Christmas presents this year under a Conservative government. And the CBC also say they're going to introduce a raft of niche tax credits, uh, a, a capital investment tax credit. You got, um, you're going to get something if you buy from a Canadian startup. And there's even going to be a tax credit uh, for vacation expenses here in Canada. Now. The conservatives say that they want to simplify the tax system, but I mean, how are they going to do that with all of these uh, niche style tax credits? And, you know, I don't want to downplay any policy that keeps more of our money in our pockets, but I mean, come on, we're not seeing any broad reductions of income taxes, of sales taxes. I mean, one month, but let's talk about actually reducing the sales tax every month of the year. And we're also not really seeing broad-based business taxes. And, and you know, the analogy that I like to use is, well, after the pandemic, after many government restrictions, I mean, Canadians are hungry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need a healthy meal of steak and potatoes when it comes to tax relief, but really all we're getting from the conservatives uh, are bar pretzels on relief. <laughs> bar pretzels. Good analogy. I often imagine it. Um, a lot of folks will get a quarter of beef or a side of beef for the fall. They'll buy it off a local rancher. That's often what, you know, we here at the Taxpayers Federation want to see, you know, fill my freezer. And all <laughs> they really give to you is this different types of flavors of beef jerky, little tiny bits of it handed out over the counter because that sells better at the doors. That's too bad. All right. So we've done the conservatives when it comes to higher taxes and lower taxes and boutique tax credits. Let's shift gears. What about the liberals? Uh, What are they promising us when it comes to taxes? Well, they say they're going to increase taxes on banks and insurance companies, put in a so-called anti-flipping tax on Canadian homeowners, and raise income taxes on top earners. Now, the liberal tax hikes will cost Canadians $25 billion over five years, or I guess if you want to average that out, over five, about $5 billion every year. Now, for context, uh, the Trudeau government would burn through that cash in less than a week, the way that his government was spending right now. So, I mean, just look at the math. Uh, After Trudeau is done soaking all the rich, soaking businesses, 
he's going to have to turn to everyday Canadians to pay for his government debts if he doesn't find some ways to save some money and rein in the spending. Um, Also, I think something that we need to remember here, it was uh, really only a year ago when Trudeau promised not to raise taxes or costs on Canadians. I mean, just listen to this one yourself. So will taxes be going up then? No. Uh, The last thing Canadians need uh, is to see a raise in taxes right now. Uh, Millions of Canadians are out of work and looking for work. The economy is still uh, nowhere near uh, where we need it to be. Uh, We have work to do and we are not going to be saddling Canadians with extra costs. Well, that's really clear, Isabel. Uh, Trudeau is breaking his promise to not raise taxes. It reminds me of his broken promise to balance the budget in 2019. Uh, We could go on and on with this guy. So I think it's important to pay a little bit of extra attention to the Liberals' anti-flipping tax. So as of right now, if you sell your home before the Liberals think you should, they're going to send the tax man after you. So say you buy a house, okay? You move in, you live there, your mail is coming there. That's where your home phone number is. You improve it, then you sell it. If you do that within a year, you're going to be nailed with this anti-flipping tax. Now make no mistake, this is a crack in the foundation because this is a tax on the sale of your primary residence, your home. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is proposing a new tax on the sale of your house. This is a step towards that big home equity tax that many people are worried about. Every Canadian who either owns a home or wants to join them in the future, as they say, should be worried about a home equity tax if these politicians keep on borrowing and spending at the rate we're seeing them do it. So back in 2016, Ottawa started making us report whether or not we sold our house, the one you live in. This is not for speculators who make a living out of this. The one you live in, if you sold it, you have to tell Ottawa about it. So if they're not going to tax you on that and have no plans to ever do so in the future, why do you need to report it to the Canada Revenue Agency? Keep in mind also that Ottawa is spending a quarter million dollars to study home taxes. Now we see this anti-flipping tax on Canadian homeowners coming from the Liberals. We need to remember also, as you pointed out, this affects everybody. So if you're a retiree, that's your nest egg. You're counting on every nickel of that to pay for your groceries and your heating bill after you sell your house and downsize on one end of the spectrum. If you're a young couple and you're scraping together all you can to afford the little condo you've squeezed yourself into, you need every dollar from that sale in order to upgrade to maybe be able to afford a place with a backyard for your kids. And now because they're spending like a frat party, they're going to be coming around and looking at your house with these taxes. It's not okay. All right, I'm fired up about this, but we need to shift gears again. So let's shift gears. Let's dive into what the new Democrats are saying. What are they saying when it comes to taxes and their platform? Yeah, I mean, you're fired up and rightfully so. And you're not going to be any less fired up after I walk through the NDP tax plan with you because the new Democrats, uh, their plan is to raise taxes here, there and everywhere. Uh, Their platform contains a bunch of tax hikes and and new types of taxes. So let me walk you through all of them, okay? So they want to increase uh, income taxes on the highest earner. They want to raise business taxes. 
they want to impose a wealth tax. They want to increase capital gains tax burden. They want to impose a so-called excess profits tax. Um, they want to impose a tax on foreign home buyers, impose luxury taxes, uh, impose taxes on so-called internet giants. And as we talked about in uh, the carbon tax podcast, I mean, they, they also are, are supporting carbon taxes. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> Despite all of these different type of taxes and tax increases, the NDP still have no clue how they would balance the budget. And here's and yeah, and here's one thing that all Canadians need to watch out for. So the NDP wants Canadians to think that it's just going to be big businesses or the wealthy who are going to end up paying these taxes. But the the truth of the matter is, is that it's going to be everyday Canadians who feel the sting of these tax hikes uh, through higher prices at the till and through fewer job opportunities. Wow, <laughs> that is an awfully long laundry list of high taxes and tax hikes. It reminds me of student government level stuff. All right. But I do think on that point, we need to talk a little bit about wealth taxes briefly. Uh, We wrote a report arguing why the wealth tax is a horrible idea. And we will include a link to that report in the show notes. But Franco, I think you need to break down for us because some of our viewers might be thinking, what do I care if the super uber duper wealthy daddy Warbucks down the streets gets hit with a wealth tax? Why does it affect me? So can you explain why wealth taxes are actually really bad policies? Yeah, I mean, they are really bad policy. Uh, they're very complex and they're very costly. Uh, that's really why so many countries have tried them and abandoned them, right? You have France, Austria, Denmark, Finland, Germany, Ireland, India, Netherlands, and Sweden. They've all tried a wealth tax. They've all abandoned a wealth wow. tax. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's the laundry list right there. Now, let's look at let's look what happened in France. So the French government uh, finally said goodbye to its wealth tax in 2017 uh, because it helped chase away thousands of residents and billions Billions of dollars of assets. And we have to remember too that a wealth a wealth tax isn't just sitting or hitting a type of income that's sitting in our bank accounts, right? A wealth tax is different than an income tax because you're essentially taxing assets. Um, mm. So will a farmer have to sell their machines and land to pay this tax? How many business owners will have to liquidate their business assets to pay the tax? I mean, how would that impact their workers, right? These are the type of questions that you have to be thinking about when we're talking about wealth taxes here. And, you know, for us everyday Canadians, um, we have to remember the slippery slope here when it comes to taxes. And, And it's a very good bet that a wealth tax imposed today would eventually cover many Canadians. Um, I mean, look no further than the income tax. Remember when it was introduced in 1917? What was it supposed to be helping to pay for? World War I. Well, Simmer, thankfully, World War I is long gone, last I checked. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, maybe to some of our listeners out there, uh, the income tax is still here. Um, but let's even talk about wealth taxes and how though and how there's a slippery slope as well. Look at France's wealth tax again. Um, the wealth tax threshold stopped moving with inflation, so it ended up covering more and more residents as their property's uh, value increased with inflation. Right, so very very sneaky. But then also too, um, the NDP they originally wanted a wealth tax threshold of twenty million dollars. Now they want a threshold of $10 million. So does anyone really think that that threshold is going to stop moving down? 
Well, of course not, because once they start doing it, they'll just keep eating the rich until there's nobody left to eat. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. The income tax that was 100 years ago. And that makes me kind of smirk every time I look at the $100 bill with Robert Borden's face on it. Ah, funny how that wasn't so temporary, right? Okay, so especially right now, with all that's been going on, all this upheaval, all this strife and hardship that a lot of us have been feeling, politicians should be thinking of ways to help the economy to grow the economy. The last thing they should be doing is taking money out of the economy, scaring away investment, scaring away businesses, scaring away employers. Like that is completely wrongheaded. They can't be punishing Canadians with higher taxes because again, it's like a bag of chips. Some of these folks won't know where to stop. They'll just keep going. Okay, so we've covered a lot of territory here, but I think we should summarize for the three major parties, the Conservatives, the Liberals, and the NDP. So, Franco, where are all of the parties' platforms when it comes to taxes? Well, the Conservatives, uh, they reject explicitly a home equity tax. They're, they're scrapping the escalator tax on alcohol, but uh, they're reimposing the PPE tariff. They're, they're putting in a digital services tax, the, the so-called Netflix tax, and um, they're flip-flopping on the carbon tax. They do have some niche tax credits, the Conservatives, but really no broad-based tax relief. Now, the Liberals, um, despite promising not to raise taxes or costs on Canadians, I mean, they're going to be hiking taxes on, on banks and insurance companies, high-income earners, and they're going to be putting in a form of a home equity tax, as you went into detail, which uh, they're calling a so-called anti-flipping tax. Now, the NDP... Uh, they're raising uh, income, business, and capital gains taxes. That they, they would impose a wealth tax and excess profits tax, and, and these taxes. I mean, make no mistake about it. They're going to be felt uh, by all Canadians through higher prices and, and a weaker economy. Now, at the beginning of the podcast, uh, it was a grim stat. You mentioned that Canadian families paid more in taxes than we do in housing, food, and clothing combined. That's really eye-opening. But I think it's also important that we not just talk about taxes today, that we talk about the future. We talk about taxes in the future and our spending in the future. We will have a full episode on debt and budget promises here at the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. But Franco, just for a minute, can you just go over again, just mention how much each Canadian owes in federal debt? Because if politicians don't get their acting gear and start saving money, that will have to come from our taxpayers one way or another. So just go over that debt for us. The federal government is already more than a trillion dollars in debt. So, so that means that each Canadian is on the hook uh, for more than $29,000 in federal government debt alone. But here's something that we have to really keep in mind here, because on the federal government's current trajectory, before all of these big time election spending promises, the federal government wouldn't balance the budget until 2070. And if that were to happen, the federal debt would balloon to $67,000 per person, which would be just a huge tax pill uh, for Canadians' kids and grandkids to eventually have to pay off. That's just a staggering number. I think that takes a lot of people by surprise uh, that those are the official stats. That if we keep heading in this trajectory, 2070, 2070, we'll have to wait till then to see a balanced budget. That's just brutal. And folks, if you're sitting there shaking your head or you're taking the dog for a walk going, wow, I'm powerless here. No, you're not. Okay. This is a federal election. This is the time to hold politicians to account. So when a politician comes knocking on your door or they phone you at home and they ask you for your vote, you tell them, 
that taxes matter, you want to be paying fewer and less taxes, not more taxes. So keep this in mind during this election. This is our time to shine. Thank goodness we have a democracy and we can vote. So tell them when they call you that this matters, that they need to get their spending under control and they need to reduce our taxes. Franco, thank you so much for giving us this deep dive and to our listeners and to our viewers, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to share this podcast with your friends and family. They need to know about this. And of course, thank you so much to James Wood, our investigative journalist and our long suffering podcast editor for making it sound like we know what we're talking about. Hi, I'm Scott Hennig, president of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. If you've got another minute, I'd like to ask you to think about the one person you know that would really enjoy listening to this podcast. Do us a favor and do them a favor and send them a quick note to let them know about it. At the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, we believe there is power in numbers. That's why we've worked so hard to build an army of taxpayers who are ready to push back. And we did it because people like you shared our work with that one person that they knew would really appreciate taking part. Thanks for listening, and thanks for doing your part to make Canada a better place.